Welcome to the very first episode of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. I'm Dexter Henry from Backpack Broadcasting. Joined for your journey on this podcasting journey that we are about to take with Brian Fonseca. And we're just glad to meet our audience and have them hear us in our podcast world, if you want to call it that. But for those of you who don't know, my name is Dexter Henry. I'm a uh, Brooklyn-born and based sports video journalist uh, hailing from East Flatbush, Brooklyn. My roots are from the Caribbean uh, in Grenada. I'm an avid sports fan, uh, just passionate about sports. It's always been my passion. I love storytelling and journalism. And uh, a couple years ago, I created the platform Backpack Broadcasting, as Brian knows, and other people know out there. And we've done a lot of great stuff with that. And this is the sort of the next chapter in what we're doing in content creation. Absolutely. And uh, one of these things we want to do is a podcast. Actually, it was Brian who really pushed me to do a podcast. He was like, look, man, we got to do a podcast. Actually, <laughs> I'm not even going to put the words in his mouth. You can tell him a little bit about your reasoning yourself and why you wanted to do this podcast. Yeah, this is something that's been in the works for quite a while. I would even say a couple months or so. And, you know, we were going back and forth about a name and things like that. And I was like, yo, we got to do this podcast. It could potentially take Backpack to the next level, with your help, of course. And, uh, you know, we finally figured out, like, we were just texting one time, and I think I was listening to Illmatic, of yes. course, you know? You already, you know? And we, we, <laughs> you can't, if you're listening, you won't be able to see, see this, but if you're watching the video cast, you'll be able to see we both have uh, shirts to represent Illmatic, one That's of our right. favorite albums, and my hat, it's my favorite song. He has the album cover, songs. he has the album cover, and I have yeah. the, the five mics from the source. So we're, we're representing, uh, obviously, A Hard to Tell is... Uh, the last track on the classic Nas album, Illmatic. But I, I, when you came up with that name to me, I just thought it was perfect because it just talks about being real and authentic. And that's kind of what we want to bring to the audience, just being real and authentic and talking about what we're talking about in the world of sports, right. and, you know, music, politics, news, whatever's going on. So it ain't hard to tell that, that we're going to bring the truth. And we, ju we just want to keep it real with everybody out there. We hope you keep it real with us. So Brian told you a little about his genesis, but Brian, a lot of people should know, is a talented young sports journalist out there right now. Uh, some of you may know him from his work with Nets Daily. I've done work with Nets Daily too and the great team uh, over there. Shout out to Bob Windrum, Tom Lorenzo, Anthony Puccio. Those are our guys over there. And you've done a lot of great work writing for them in the past year. Mm -hmm. uh, tell the people a little bit about your background and what you've done, what you bring to the table. So briefly, you know, along with Nets Daily, along with Backpack Broadcasting, where I, you know, write a lot of feature stories, cover games, and do reporting on camera with you guys, obviously. You know, also do some stuff with the Queens Ledger Brooklyn Star newspaper. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about what I have going on right now, uh, but we're going to save that for later in the show. Yeah, later in the show, we're going to get to some of Brian's work, which is going to be an interesting topic uh, for some of you guys that like hip-hop out there. We're going to touch on that, but we're going to get right into this episode, and we're going to talk a bit. Uh, we'll start in the world of sports and the NFL. It's week one. Yeah. NFL is back. Yeah. Uh, started off Thursday night game, Chiefs and the Patriots. But much of the topic this offseason with the NFL has revolved around a man who still does not have a job, a man who is unemployed and should not be. And his name is Colin Kaepernick. Right. And it's had a lot of people upset over the way things have been happening. For those who don't know, who might be listening to the podcast for the first time, who may have been living under a rock for the past year, Colin Kaepernick last year protested and took a knee during the national anthem because he wanted to make a protest against police brutality that has been going on in this country. Mm -hmm. We've seen a lot of black men and women uh, killed at the hands of police officers. Uh, he felt that was an injustice. Obviously, for myself as a black man, I definitely uh, think that that has been wrong uh, here in this country, and it's something that people do need to talk about. So I applaud Colin Kaepernick for starting that conversation. Mm -hmm. With that conversation being started, Colin Kaepernick opted out of his contract this year, hoping to land a bigger deal, uh, being resigned by a team or the 49ers. He was not. And as we said, he's still without a job. I have heard the argument, Brian, yes. from people yes. that Colin Kaepernick's not good enough to have a job in the NFL, starter, backup. Let's talk facts. Ain't hard to tell the facts. 
This man had 16 touchdowns and four interceptions last year. Right. Last time I checked, and I was not a mathematician, but I was okay with math in school, four to one ratio is pretty damn good. Yes. Last time I checked. All I know is there's never been anybody in the history of the NFL with numbers as good as Colin Kaepernick had last year that did not get signed to a roster by training camp, the start of training camp. That's yeah. August 1st for many teams. We're now talking about the season starting, and this guy doesn't have a job. Why do you think he doesn't have a job? Well, we can call it what it is. The owners are scared. And we got to remember, there are, I think there's one minority owner in one. the NFL. Jacksonville. Yes. I think he's from Pakistan. Yes. Um, the owners are scared. They don't want to deal with what they feel like. Because in their minds, they're like, oh, Colin Kaepernick is not worth the hassle, the attention that's going to come with it. Or straight up, they just don't agree with his views. Did you see Did you see a few days ago, I think it was Tom Coughlin who said, oh, I wouldn't sign Colin Kaepernick, but I'm not going to say why. Something along those lines. I, 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 think, I think it was a pro football talk. And I was like, <laughs> we don't need to. Like, we know, we know why. Um, because... <laughs> racism how about that <laughs> like i don't need to say that here's what i would say and this is not i think people need to get it clear for the black people who are in support of colin kaepernick and white people too and people of all backgrounds and different shades are yeah. in support of colin kaepernick. what they are against is police brutality what they're against is people not being treated equally I don't understand how anybody is can't get behind that cause yeah this is not a disrespect of the uh, flag um, Colin Kaepernick has repeatedly said that. The other players who've agreed to even continue to protest this year, Michael Bennett, we'll touch on him in a bit, has said that. And I think that sometimes gets twisted. So if you're not for equality, then what is it that you're arguing against out there? Like, please let me know. Now, some people may have seen, plug here, Backpack Broadcasting and our great team here. We've worked on some stuff, sideline stories. We had a sideline story short a couple weeks ago. And I went out to the Colin Kaepernick United We Stand rally. Yes. And it was peaceful protest, tons of people out there protesting, doing, you know, their due diligence, their right to speak. It's there important. people across the street yeah. who are counter-protesting, and still, despite people saying that this protest is not about the flag, they still said Colin Kaepernick shouldn't do that protest. I was going to say it's important to note that you covered both sides. Yes. That you weren't just there, you know, take, you know, you covered both sides. You got some video of the counter protesters. So if you're able to check out that video, which you are, because you might be watching this on YouTube, then you can see that also link. But um, all the off the field stuff, and we're going to get to Michael Bennett in a second. We're going to yep. get to equality in a second. But uh, on the field, Colin Kaepernick, I could make a case that he's better than 10 to 12 starting quarterbacks in football right now. Not to say that all of them would sign him because you have teams like Philadelphia and the Rams, they want to see what they have in their young quarterbacks. Right. But you have other teams like the Jets who you knew they obviously weren't going to sign him because Woody Johnson is working with Donald Trump, basically. Um, you know, and you're a Jet fan. <laughs> so we're going to get to that too in a second. But he, I could, you know, he's better than everybody on Cleveland. Baltimore could use him because Flacco's hurt, and that blew up. The Colts could use him, mm -hmm. and they went in a different direction. I'm looking at a list of teams right now. The Bears could have gotten him, and yes, they have Mitch Trubisky, but before that, they signed Mike Glennon Ugh. to a multi-year deal where Colin Kaepernick definitely would have been suitable there, and you just go up and down the line. Minnesota, Teddy Bridgewater still hurt. They're trying out the Sam Bradford thing again. I think Colin Kaepernick is better than Sam Bradford. I, I don't even think agree. I don't even think that's debatable. And then you could get into some other teams, and you could do this all all day long. You could argue that he's better than uh, Tyrod Taylor at Buffalo. Argue. And I would I would definitely uh, say I would definitely say, and this is the one here. This is the one that people really got. Some people got hot over, and other people whatever. Miami with Jay Cutler. Now, uh, mm -hmm. Dan Levitar from ESPN tweeted out something interesting. He's like, Miami's the only team, like, whatever they do right now, they're going to they're gonna piss off either the, the Cubans or the black people by whoever they sign. I understood Miami's reason if they didn't sign him because they didn't want to piss off the Cuban community. And for those who don't know, Colin Kaepernick wore a, a Shake of Era, a Fidel, no, excuse me, a Fidel Castro shirt. Yeah. Um, at a press conference last year. And obviously there are many uh, Cubans and Cuban-Americans that have certain feelings towards 
uh, Fidel Castro that are negative. I am not a Cuban American. I'm not going to tell a Cuban American how they should feel about that. Um, I have talked to Cuban Americans about this, and I understand why they feel the way they do uh, about that, and we understand why they're offended. See, here's one thing we need to understand here. If a um, group or a minority group or any group says, hey, this is something that we find offended, offensive, um, this is something that we see that's problematic, yeah. then we should, you should listen to it and try to understand where they're coming from and not say, hey, no, 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 we don't want to hear what you're doing over there, because then it comes across as you don't care. And I think that's the problem many people I'll speak for um, in the black community feel that the way certain people are acting towards either Kaepernick's issues against police brutality, or other people who, uh, who say something talking about that, and we can segue into Michael Bennett. Yes. Uh, Michael Bennett, for uh, those of you who might have been living under a rock this week, hopefully not, mm -hmm. uh, was arrested on the fight night that wasn't really much of a fight night because I did not care to watch the joke of a fight between I didn't either, and Floyd I Mayweather boxing. and uh, Conor McGregor. Um, yeah, I passed out on that. Didn't yeah. care. I watched um, Cotto. Yeah, and that, that was the right move. <laughs> yes. Um, he went to the fight, uh, left the fight, was in some casino area, and gunshots broke out, and he was trying to run like uh, other people were in the area. Yeah. Um, he was then, according to an Instagram post, he said he was a arrested um, and there was excessive force used by the police officer, including what he said. A police officer put a gun to the back of his head and then, you know, threatened, I don't want to misquote him, to threaten to uh, shoot his expletive head off. Yeah, if blow he, his expletive head. Blow, excuse yeah. me, so I didn't want to misquote, mis misquote him there. Um, and then video obviously released of this uh, through TMZ. Who TMZ? They, they break everything. Before they that, everything. though, yeah. Before that is the thing that really. I don't understand how these things happen, right? So Michael Bennett comes out and tells you, "This is what happened to me." Right. And then people are, "Oh, where's the proof?" See, and that's what I was getting to. Yeah. Where's the proof? It, it's. And then the proof comes out, and then they want to take it to another level. But we have to realize, as people in this country, we, we have this horrible thing that we do when somebody comes out and says, hey, I've been the victim of something. It's like, where's the proof? Especially in a male-dominant society, we do this all the time with women. A mm -hmm. woman comes out and might have an accusation of rape. People, yeah. And people are always quick to shame the woman or not hear her side of the story, not take that serious. And that's a huge problem that we have. And we do the same thing when it comes to racial issues. And I'm going to be honest. When I heard the story break and I read it and I saw Michael Bennett's post, um, did I believe him? Yeah. yeah. Because I heard, I've heard this guy talk about things of, of racial inequality in the past. I think I have a good understanding of the beliefs and things that he stands for. I don't know Michael Bennett, um, but I think I can understand that. And when he said that, I believed him. I was concerned. And when he said, and I think that more will come out of this video. We'll see more. The screenshot came out last night where you could clearly see the officer pressing the gun yeah. uh, against his head. And he's pleading, as he says in uh, the letter, if you yep. want to call it that, he's pleading, you know, what did I do? And asking all these questions while they're just using the force against them. And let's also keep in mind, this is a big dude. Like, yeah. in order to take him down, he's, what, 6'6", 280, roughly? So he's somebody who, he comes out and says this, and he's become one of the voices for, I guess, activism in the NFL. Right he now, has, yeah. He's built a ton of credibility, and he's actually working on, I think, a novel of some sort right now. I think it's title, I think it has a working title of, um, I don't want to get the title wrong, but something along the lines of things to scare white people or things like that. Oh, but, Interesting know, title there. Yeah, so, something along the lines of that. I'm going to have to, like, look that up. But... Regardless, it's just the thing that bothers me, a bunch of things bother me about, like, the direction the NFL is going, which I want to get to, but it's just, you know, people wanting proof and things of that nature and just discrediting him and even still trying to hold out, like, you know, they try to tell these guys, like, they're just football players and they shouldn't have these voices and people are just scared. And a certain group of people are just scared to kind of hear players speak out on these things, especially when they're coming from an intelligent point of view without any sort of violence attached to it. Yeah, and I think more people need to hear that, but I think where the conversation turns in sports, and you know, I've been having this conversation with a lot of people lately, is well, what is it the players do? We've seen Kaepernick boycott taking ease. Michael Bennett's not going to stand for the anthem for the rest of the season. I'm looking at players like, what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. What's next? Um, 
if I think if prominent black players said, hey, I'm not playing, if Russell Wilson said, I don't like what happened to my teammate, my brother, Michael Bennett, and I'm not playing in week one, yeah. week what, whatever, what happens? The league, NFL has been silent on this. They haven't said anything. Um, NFL has shown me to not be a progressive league. They've shown that time and time again. Yeah. And un unlike the NBA, I think if situations like this happened in the NBA or somebody protested with Colin Kaepernick, I think Adam Silver would be right behind them. The yeah. NBA has been a much more progressive league, much more league of, of inclusion and diversity, where the NFL has not. And the NFL is a multi-million dollar, a billion dollar corporation um, what you said, where there's a lot of a lot of white owners, and you know, quite frankly, the sil this, their silence speaks loudly. Roger Goodell put out a statement, but it wasn't really, you know. That's what we call you saying something, but you're really saying nothing. Yeah. And Roger Goodell said a whole bunch of nothing yeah. in that statement. But uh, you know, we were texting earlier today, er, earlier when that statement came out, and it was like. We're not surprised, yeah. Because he he was just saying the company line, and what we have to remember is Roger Goodell. His job is to make money for the owners. That's why I feel like he, in his mind, he's probably like, you know, I have to say something, but we're, you know, got to say something for PR this. purposes. Yeah. But he's not going to mess up the money. No. And 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 that's how it goes. He's not going to mess up the money at all whatsoever. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about hip hop and some of the great hip-hop albums that have come this year. At least Brian thinks we'll hear what he talks about that when we come back on That's A right. to Tell Podcast. That's right. What's up, listeners? You know sometimes how it can be hard just to get from point A to point B. Now, when I have to get anywhere and I don't want to deal with the hassle of public transportation, it ain't hard to tell how I get around. I always make sure to use the best car service app in the game. I'm talking about Lyft. Lyft offers rides in minutes. All you have to do is download the Lyft app, request a ride, and you will be on your way quickly. Lyft is all about happy riders and happy drivers. Take a ride with them and you'll see why 9 out of 10 rides end up with a 5-star rating. Lyft always has amazing offers for new customers, and I'm here to tell our listeners about a great offer today. Lyft is currently offering free ride credit to 8 Hard to Tell listeners. If you are new to Lyft, then you are eligible and getting your credit is easy. All you have to do is download the app and use the promo code AHTTPOD to unlock your free credit today. Ain't hard to tell who has the best car app service, so use the code today and ride out loud with Lyft. Definite thank you to our sponsor, Lyft, and we hope you guys use that code. Get some credit, AHTTPOD. That's where you can use that code and cash in. You can also follow us on Twitter at AHTT Podcast. Follow us there. Um, follow us on Instagram. We're there, too, so you can make sure you follow this podcast. And we thank you all who have subscribed already. We're on to our next topic, and we're taking it to the world of music. That's right. Hip-hop. Brian's excited. <laughs> Rubbing his hands. He's really excited. Now, Brian also does some writing for Def Pen, a great website that covers a lot in uh, hip-hop, culture, music, uh, everything, sports. They, they really touch on a lot, sort of like this podcast. And Brian has an article that is out now uh, titled, It's been a great year for hip-hop, so what's left? Brian, you tell me. So, full disclosure, as if you can't already tell if you're watching, you're listening, we are hip-hop heads on this podcast. We love hip-hop. So I, my first piece with Def Pen, uh, wrote something about hip-hop this year because I feel like it's had a great year in terms of albums, quality of albums. Right. That's most important. And I wanted to kind of get into this a little bit because we talked about some of the albums that came out this year. We both love Damn. We both really like 444 by Kendrick Lamar by Jay-Z. And there are some other albums there at the top. We're going to get back to that. But there are some other albums. If you look at the piece, and we'll delve into this a little bit more, but some albums coming out this year, well, maybe coming out this year, because these are more about, like, here's what could be left for the rest of the year. Right. We do know that Wu-Tang is dropping an album later this year. Some of you may or may not want to hear Wu-Tang in 2017. I'm going to listen to that. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I, I, I'm, I'm not. I, I, I have... I'm being honest. I have the last Wu-Tang album. I think I listened to, like, three or four songs, and I just was like, eh. I'm done here. Was it the 2014 one? Yeah, that 2014. I really like, I, I like some songs there. All right, but. Don't even know the title. I don't even remember the name of it. All Things, I don't remember. 
See? Did I write it here? That memorable. I might have wrote. I might have written it here. Memorable. All right. So we have Lecrae also, okay. who's dropping. Um, I really like Lecrae and stop labeling him as a Christian artist. He's just an artist who happens to have, you know, Christianity in his music. Um, and that's fine. Then some other guys I mentioned, we won't have to get to all of them, but ones that I know will get your attention, Prime yeah. 2. Like super excited for Hopefully that. Prime 2. Jake Cole was in studio. Reference that in the piece. Uh, reference that in the piece where he was in Royce the 5'9 studio, Heaven and, Studios. And Prime, for those that don't know, uh, DJ Premier, combination DJ Premier, my favorite hip-hop producer of all time, and Royce the 5'9 um, together. I love the first album. I'm really excited for this one. Uh, I watched an interview with DJ Premier a couple weeks ago. He said there are about 15 tracks on this album. Yes. They're in the mixing stage, yes. and there's some uh, really good guests. I think J. Cole will be one of them. I'm hoping for a Kendrick verse over some Primo. I've been Wanting that forever. Yeah. So, and then, yeah. And then a couple others, uh, you know, like Eminem, perhaps, because he said he's been working on an album. If Nas, of course, Nas' album done came out last year. Then this year, that, it, on the DJ Khaled album, he's can't. like, you know. He's, you know how I feel about that. <laughs> we can't just gloss over that at all whatsoever. Yeah. We can't gloss over it at all whatsoever. This was a guy who said his album was done last year. Where's the album? I love Love Nas. Yeah. I love Nas. And I love a Nas album. I'm so I'm excited for the album, but Nas. Callis said the album was done. Where did where the album at, bro? So hopefully at? we get that, but more importantly, I said this year was a great year, so let's talk about it. Let's break it down. What are some of your top albums this year? Because I have five. I have five that I'm ready to put top out on five. the table as my top five. Um, I'm still, I, I don't know, I don't know if I have a solidified order. I'm still kind of playing with the order, but I do have five albums that I love. I have more than five albums that, hip -hop, that came out this year. As far as hip hop goes, yeah. um, my favorite album this year, it would be Jay-Z's 444. I, I, I love that album. I think it's the best body of work hip hop wise that's coming out this year. It's a okay. great playthrough. I was going to ask you, you think, it's, um, you think it's best or if it's just your favorite, but it could, you know, it could I think be both. it's both. I think yeah. it's the best. And my favorite, um, I I would probably at two, I would probably put um, which I thought was a really good album, like four four four. I thought Joey uh, Badass's album, uh, All American Badass. I thought that was uh, a really strong body of work. I really like the sound from Joey. We like the message from him on there. Um, I thought that was great. Uh, Kendrick's uh, damn album. Uh, I will say this: I'm full disclosure. I think Kendrick's the best rapper in the game right he now. Is. He I'm is. a huge Kendrick fan. Um, damn is good. I don't think it's quite on the level of Good Kid, Mad City, and Tip of a Butterfly. I think it's really good. Mm -hmm. I think it's solid. I think I had a couple missteps where I could skip. I don't think it has a stronger replay value as the other two albums I was I just gonna mentioned. say that. I was gonna it say that. It hasn't had that replay value yeah. with me. There are songs that are strong with me on it that I'm still playing. Like, I'm still really bumping DNA and feel. I still really get mesmerized by Duckworth um, and storytelling there. Humble. Humble. Loyalty but, for me. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan <laughs> of that song. So it, it just, but you know, I think Kendrick really appealed to the masses on on, on that one. Yeah. Uh, that's three I mentioned. Yeah. Um. Oh, I also loved um, Iceberg by uh, underground rapper. Some people may not know Odyssey. Mm -hmm. uh, I really loved his album. That's probably four for me. And then I think five, um, if I'm not forgetting or skipping something here, I'm going to go with it. This recently came out a couple weeks ago, and I just think this guy is hilarious. Oh, okay. And when he puts <laughs> together body work, and our producer Matt is looking up at us because he <laughs> likes this guy like me too. Action Bronson. Yeah. And Blue Chip 7,000. Yes, 7,000. He went from 1 to 2 to 7,000. And it was just hilarious. I enjoyed the production. It's just an enjoyable album. It's not, you know, it's not like if you're looking for some serious subject matter. It's just a nice change, and I really enjoyed that album. So that's my five, but I will agree with you. This year has been quality, man. So I'll, let's yeah. hear your top five. What's your top five? I'm going to go the opposite order. I'm still kind of freestyling the order because I, I, I don't know, but uh, I really see here's the crazy thing is I love damn, but to me because of the replay value, the lack of replay value for me personally, because right. when Section 80 even came out, I was listening to that a lot, um, mm -hmm. pro partially because I was in high school too, so that was like my senior year joint right there. Um, Good Kid Mad City, Pimper Butterfly, I feel like those have stronger replay value. I have that at five and I still think on a one to ten, it's like a nine album. I won't put it that high. Just about. But 
Just about. Probably eight, eight, 85. 85 out of 100. I'm 8. probably 5. like an 8 for that album. Something like yeah, that. Strong 8. But whatever. Yeah. Uh, that's 5 for me. 4. <laughs> 4 is probably... Uh, you know, every everybody who's here, <laughs> nobody who can see see this doesn't know. But anybody else in this room knows what's coming. I know what's coming. Like I know the artist is coming right now, because just say the artist, man. Freddie Gibbs. Freddie Gibbs. Brian. Uh, disclosure. You only live twice. Uh, That's a right. Freddie Gibbs fan. That's right. And Freddie Gibbs can do no wrong. Uh, oh, yes, he can. First of all. <laughs> Yes, he can. Um, but Freddie Gibbs, yes, he's one of my favorite artists. But objectively, I, I do think that that is one of the better albums this year. My Freddie Gibbs hot take that I have been telling you about, I think on but one you hand... you haven't told me about, so I don't know what's coming. I think no on one coming. hand, I think on one hand, he is one of the most underrated artists right now in hip-hop. Uh, and you'll find some other people who actually agree with that sentiment. So it's not an outlandish thing. His body of work, I feel like for me a long time, that was Joe Budden. Now it's Freddie Gibbs, as far as like Freddie most Gibbs has taken over the most underrated artist in hip hop. And I also think he has the best flow in hip hop. The way he rides the beat, the way he rides the cadence, he's kind of, he's mastered that, man. I love Kendrick Lamar's flow. I love other people too, the way they do it. I just feel like to me, he's doing it at a level right now. If you listen to 20 Karat Jesus, you listen to what he did on Pinata a few years ago. I don't want to get into a whole tangent right now. I have it at four. Um, He's telling you guys to listen to Freddie Gibbs. Yes, listen I am. To Freddie Gibbs, I am. And He's telling you, he told me. He. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me see. Well, so that's that. You got Freddie Gibbs at four. You know one where I know one rapper I didn't forgot to mention Logic. I forgot to throw him out there. Um, who had a solid album, not as good as his other two, but it was solid. He, I probably have Jay Z three. I love the content of it. Um, I might. I don't know. I might switch those two. I'm not sure. But uh, with Jay Z with Freddie Gibbs, yeah, I might switch those two. Uh, <laughs> Freddie Gibbs project ain't over Jay Z. That's all I'm gonna say. Listen, man, you gotta listen to Homesick. Have you listened to Homesick? What is that? It's an it's his last. It's an easy. He's about to say it's amazing. A, it's an, it's an it's, amazing it's, Freddie it's, Gibbs album. It's, the song, the song, it's outstanding. Homesick. You gotta okay. listen to that. I'll, all right, I'll anyway, get to it. Yes. stop plugging that. Yes. Um, Vince Staples, Joey Badass, two and one. I have Big Fish Theory 2, conscious lyrics over, I don't even know what, how to describe those beats, but they're great. I, I um, did, yeah, I didn't listen to all that. I didn't listen to that album's entirety, but it had a strong EDM influence. Yeah. Um, and I did like the sound of the beat, and Vince Staples just always comes across me as somebody's trying to push the genre. He explained and I, it. In a good way, and I appreciate that. He explained it as somebody who's old school West Coast. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, full, I could hear that. Full disclosure, my favorite artists now doing it are, like, there's a bunch, but I would say Kendrick... Cole, no order. Kendrick Cole, Joey Badass, Freddie Gibbs, and I'll probably put Anderson Pack as like the fifth guy there. So like you'll get a feel for it. But with Vince Staples, he's somebody who I feel like is kind of knocking on the door of hitting that next tier of of like, you know, the established artist now. Because, you know, Kendrick Lamar, he's having his big break now. He's what, 30? And I feel like when Good Kid Mad City popped off, that was when he like arrived from like a, a mm -hmm. I don't want to say mainstream sense, but he that's, did. He that's kind of what it was. Yeah. And he was 25, he was 26. I feel like Vince Staples is kind of like, he's like, you know how people say he got next? I feel like he actually got next. I'm, I'm intrigued to see what he can do. I think, yeah. he, I think he's a, in, in that Kendrick mold, I don't think he's lyrically as talented as Kendrick, but I think that he, he doesn't care, and he makes the music he wants to make. And I like that. I like yeah. that. I like artists that aren't going to. His conform. interviews are just as good. They're great. As He's also yeah. <laughs> we need to we need to get him on this podcast. Yes. Yeah, Vince Staples, Freddie Gibbs too. Open invitation. Yeah. I, you think? <laughs> Does any is anybody shocked? Brian wants Freddie Gibbs. I, I'm pretty sure every episode is going to have some Freddie Gibbs reference. Yo, his Snapchats are hilarious. It's like. So you just like him because Snapchat? No, he has funny bad. interviews too. All right, let's, and then one Joey Badass. I've been telling you since Joey Badass came out. I feel like I really love the content. I feel like he brought it like really. 
I, you asked me earlier, Matt, I'm pointing at our producer, super producer Matthew Feniza, what's, what's my favorite song on All American Badass? And I was just like, I mean, there's, there's Temptations, there's... That's a good question. You know, like, I can't, you know what I mean? For my people, I love that song. Uh, you love Super Predator. Super I like Predator, Super I love Predator, Predator a lot, too. I like Babylon. I like Legendary, um, I like Babylon yeah, a lot. It's a really good album, really to, strong To album. me, that's the, the, by this much... All those albums that separate one through five, they're all separated by this much. Look, this, this and and yeah. I just want to give credit to like honorable mentions. Uh, Rick Ross put out a really good album this year. Vic that Mensa, was solid. yeah, Vic Mensa, Vic Mensa to today. Vic Mensa to me is right there, um, and it had I've listened to that more than I've listened to Damn. Like to me, it has a lot of replay value. Ooh. Um, Autobiography does at least. A lot I of like time. autobiography. I haven't liked it as much. I actually listened to it today, and I had listened to it in a while. Yeah. Um, solid project by him. I'd never listened to a project by him before, so. Let's see. What um, else. So that that was kind of good. I agree. This has been a, uh, this has been a good start of the year for hip hop. Um, well, the year's almost far, over. Almost, the year's almost <laughs> over. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're in the ninth month now, so it's been a really good year for hip-hop thus far. Yeah. I'm really excited to see what comes out at the end of the year. I'm with you. I'm, I'm excited for that Prime album. Um, I think the highest thing on my list right now is I'm a huge fan of The Roots. I'm really excited mm. for their, their uh, new album they talked about, Endgame, that's supposed to be coming out, Don't Know When. Yeah. Uh, Nas, of course. Nas, album's done, but not here. L um, that, we, Nas, stop playing. I know Rhapsody's, <laughs> I know Rhapsody's coming out with a project. I listened to her first thing. Single, uh, the other man. night, um, we might get we might get uh, a Kanye album this year. How do you feel about that briefly? Don't, absolutely don't care. What about Bandana? Who? Bandana. Who's Bandana? Mad Lib and Freddie Gibbs, their second collaborative. Come album. On, break, we're gonna break Brian's heart here. <laughs> it had to come back to Freddie Gibbs. I don't care. Now, I do I'm just teasing you at this point. But but the, but in all seriousness, no seriousness. Like I love Freddie Gibbs. <laughs> No, I was going to say, no series, just to kind of put a bow on this. I also wanted to shout out, uh, you already touched on Action Bronson. I also really yep. like Action Bronson's project. Very Dave project. East. Dave East. Probably his best project. Not an EP, though. I don't know why it's called an EP. No, it's a full length. But it's, it's supposed to be a prelude to the next album. And another album that I reference here, uh, and I still encourage you to check it out, even though, you know, we're talking about it. Uh, but Pusha T's album. Oh yeah, I I'm interested I, in that. I'd be, I'd be interested in that. I Reportedly, thought, Kanye's producing like basically all of it. That's where Kanye should stay. I don't want to. I'm not really <laughs> sure. I want to hear him rapping anymore right now after the last <laughs> two uh, garbage albums he put out. You didn't like Father Stretch My Hands Part Two? No, that, I wanted that, to stretch that. myself and turn off the album. That's what I wanted <laughs> to do. Um, so yeah, I was, I was pretty much done with the life of Pablo. The life of Dexter doesn't need any more Kanye albums. Uh, we're going to take another short break to hear from some of our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk a little about the NBA and why I'm not so sure I'm going to be watching the NFL this season. Sports Guru is the place where fans talk about sports via video. All videos are 60 seconds or shorter. Sports Guru makes the video look more professional and fun by adding automated on-screen graphics. You can follow your favorite sports by team, trending, new, or by people you follow, and more. Type in the title of your video and it will automatically, that's right, also magically go into your on-screen graphics. It's just that simple. Tag your teams and publish sports. Let's talk sports. The best new sports web series is here. It's from Backpack Broadcasting and it's called The Sports Walk. The Sports Walk is a series where diverse sports fans take a walk and share their views at the intersection of sports and society. The entire first season is now available on Backpack Broadcasting's YouTube channel and BackpackBroadcasting.com. See what other sports fans have to say about a variety of issues in the world of sports. Watch all 13 episodes from season one and take the Sports Walk today. All right, so some of you may or may not know I am a huge basketball fan. Um, and a basketball reporter. And a basketball reporter. Yeah, uh, lifelong suffering New York Knicks fan. Why You can ask yourself why anybody want to put themselves through all of that. Um, and, and now I have, I have a daughter who's a little bit over a year, and I'm trying to get her to root for the teams I root for. <laughs> oh. 
And I'm not. Ne- I'm not necessarily sure that's the best thing I should be doing. You sure? As a, pa- I'm not sure. You sure you don't want to quit? I feel. Sure you don't want to quit? Full disclosure: I grew up a Jet fan and I quit at like 1920. I don't blame this you. This is 2013. I used to, I used to like look down on people for that, and and now I'm like, <laughs> I'm a Jets, Nets, I'm a Knicks fan, and I'm like, eh, I get it. Like I get it. I get why people are like I can't take it anymore. I don't want to deal with this anymore. But with all that being said. I'm a huge, huge, huge NBA fan. Yeah. So basketball, I, I love basketball. I'm a league pass subscriber. I watch tons of games. Um, so let's get into it. Getting into it. This yeah. offseason in the NBA, yeah. this offseason right here. Better than the season. It has been <laughs> so exciting. It's so full of drama. It's like a soap opera. It should just be as the NBA turns. Yeah. It is just full of drama. I mean, outside of our producer, Magic Finiza, who's a Utah Jazz fan, living in New York, and lost his best player to the Boston Celtics and Gordon yeah. Hayward. The Celtics who, I mean, that's, what we're, that's where we're going? That, we're going to the Celtics because <laughs> the last thing that's just happened in NBA that had everybody's head spinning. Sorry, Matt. Kyrie Irving gets traded from the Cavs, who said he didn't want to play for the Cavs anymore, yeah. and he gets traded to the Celtics yeah. for Isaiah Thomas and others. Jay Crowder. Pick, Jay Crowder. Ante Zizek. Ante Zizek. Does that say his name? Yeah. Right. And <laughs> I, I, nobody saw that coming. I didn't see it coming. No, not there. I mean, we knew Kyrie was, didn't want to be but there But not anymore. there. But not there. We actually thought, I mean, you, you're, you're, a, you're as objective a Nick fan I know. And yeah, there's a few of us rational ones out here. Yeah. We know yeah. we suck. And, <laughs> and we actually talked about the possibility of him going to New York, which seemed legitimate at one point. And then once he goes to Boston, it's like you realize how far off that was. But uh, not even getting it to the next part off. of it. Yeah. Don't, don't, this, that fit is interesting. I want to get to that, and I want to get to, because we both are part of the Nets Daily family, D'Angelo Russell, which yeah. I feel like can potentially shake stuff up in Brooklyn. Um, shake stuff up? How? Yes. Shake it up how? So we're going to start with D'Angelo Russell. All right, we'll start with D'Angelo Russell. Let's start so with D'Angelo Russell. The Nets had this reputation, obviously, of being like a bottom-feeding team for the last couple of years. Uh, What's well, that reputation? They, they, had, they, they, they were. had the worst record in the NBA. <laughs> I feel like D'Angelo Russell and Jeremy Lin being healthy is going to change that. But also, with D'Angelo Russell coming here, people were sort of reminded, like, yo, yeah, like, this dude can be a star. This guy is somebody who is 21 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's somebody who was the number two overall pick, two or three? Two. Two, number two overall yep. pick two years ago. And he's somebody that really, you look at him, he's the total package in terms of what you want the young point guard on the court. People have, you know, had their questions off the court. I feel like that's a little bit overstated. Oh, you to keep your phone away from him. Yeah, I feel like that's a little bit overstated, but... I feel like that could potentially shake things up to the East where um, the Nets aren't going to make a huge impact on the NBA this year. But I do feel like the possibility is there where they could potentially sneak into that playoff bid because the East is weak and they have gotten better if, 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 if Jeremy Lin stays healthy. And if he's, you know. The East is weak, but I almost wish I had the Jim Moore clip right now. Playoffs? <laughs> playoffs? Like I'm not predicting a playoff, but I'm and, just saying it's possible. And look, the Nets fans out there, you know I love you guys. You talk on Twitter, and I know some of you guys are going to be talking training camp in a couple of weeks. Excuse me, talking playoffs when training camp comes up in a couple of weeks. They'll be glad that, that we're East talking Nets is, on this podcast. The East is weak. The yeah. East is weak. Absolutely. But I'm not ready to go to playoffs. I'm not ready to go that far yet. The East is very weak. I can see us. I was just saying to a friend earlier today, I can see a six-seeded team getting in with 39, 40 wins to the six-seed. Yeah. That means I'm seeing a, a, a eight-seeded team maybe getting with 37, 36 wins. Yeah. That's how bad I think the East is. Now, I do think the Nets are improved. I think some people see them as still one of the five worst teams in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, sure. I think that what I have to see from the Nets is all the young players getting better and can they learn how to win. I like the coach. I like the GM. Absolutely. I like the moves that they have made. I'm just not ready to say playoffs. I'm on my Jim Moore stuff right now. <laughs> I, I'm thinking that's a little crazy, man. Like, I'm not really ready to go to playoffs. We'll, 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 maybe we'll ask somebody soon. 
Maybe, maybe. Maybe, maybe we'll, we'll ask. We'll, maybe we'll ask. Some, we'll have a guest or somebody like that. Well, I, I think he's gonna say yes. We'll just yes. leave that out there. He'll, oh, it could be a We'll just leave that out. I there. think that person's whoever gonna say it yes. is. I think they say yes, <laughs> and I'm gonna say that, I'm gonna tell him playoffs. That's what I'm gonna say. And whoever it is, they're gonna be like yes. But we'll 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 leave it there for now. And that's fine. I think it's possible. And I want to be on the record for saying this here. Don't think I'm a home. I don't think Knicks are going to playoffs either. Okay. They're not. The Knicks are going to be sitting at home in April. And you're wishing for that as a Knicks fan. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We need more picks. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Isaiah Thomas, Kyrie Irving, what do you think? I thought it was a good trade for both teams. I, you know what I hate? One of the things I hate in sports journalism right now is every time there's a trade, somebody has to say, who won? Who lost? Yeah. Sometimes this, there are times where both teams do well. We don't always have to instantly declare who won you know who what? lost. Before I go off on a tangent, I just want to say this. We do this all the time with things. Yeah, like we do this all the time with everything. Like if somebody does, if if you compliment AJ Green, then you have to hate on Julio Jones. If you love Nas, then you're a Jay Z hater. If you love right. Jay Z, you're a Nas hater. And b full disclosure, the whole not we both are big Jay Z fans as well. You yep. know what I mean? Like Jay Z actually happens to be my favorite rapper. So yeah, it, it, and he's in my he's in my upper echelon. He's not as high as Freddie Gibbs for Brian, but <laughs> he's in the upper echelon. So, <laughs> but, you know. but, yeah, but bringing it back full circle to Kyrie Irving and Isaiah Thomas, like, I, we don't need to separate who won, who lost. Although I, I do feel like with all that being said that Cleveland got off a little bit better from the sense that I don't know how healthy Isaiah Thomas is. That's the thing. Short term, yes. I, yes. I think that they got better in terms of, like, they did get the pick. And around, around them, they did get, you know, a wing. Jay Crowder, who's serviceable, who, who could help LeBron, you know, defending other guys and things like that. But, and ultimately, Boston, I'm not sure how much better Boston got by getting Kyrie Irving. I'm, he's, he'll probably be healthier than Isaiah Thomas. I'm not sure how much better he is than him. He's, I think how yeah. much better Boston gets depends on how much Kyrie steps up his game. He, I think he wanted this challenge. And I actually applaud him. I'm not somebody who thinks he's, oh, how could you leave playing with the best player in the world? Why are we hating on Kyrie Irving? for wanting to go someplace where he thinks he can thrive better as a man. Would you, would you, would I hate on you because you might say, hey, one day I want to leave this podcast and I want to do my own thing. I'm like, go do you, brother. That's not going to happen. Not, I'm not going <laughs> to, but I'm just saying, I could, if Matt wants to go produce another show, our producer, I'm not going to hate on him. You're not leaving either. To do something else. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not going to hate on somebody for wanting to do better for themselves. We don't hate on people when they leave other jobs to go get another position at another job. We applaud them for that. So why are there people against Kyrie Irving yeah. wanting to go to another place where he has a little bit more responsibility? Yeah. Now, I'm not saying he's going to handle that responsibility well, but I applaud the man for trying, for it, stepping up to the situation and saying, hey, let me see if I can do this. I have a potentially messy question. Is it Kyrie Irving's team or is it Gordon Hayward's team? Let me tell you what. If I'm Kyrie Irving, I'm saying it better be my team because I've hit big shots in the playoffs. I hit a shot to pretty much win the finals. But, and this is, I, I was talking with my barber about this yesterday. You got to watch out with Hayward because Hayward's tight with Brad Stevens. And Brad Stevens might say, I know what Hayward does. They're I might give him the ball in the fourth quarter. But we know Kyrie is a killer, and he's clutching the fourth quarter. I want the ball in that man's hands. In yeah, the I agree from that aspect that it's his team. I just hopefully the fans will make it that as well, if 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 it makes sense. It's Boston. Course. Yeah. Off that, um, <laughs> I want to get into your Monday Night Football take. Oh, so Monday Night Football. That's I'm right. Sorry. At first, I was like, wait, what's? I was like, what's the take? Yes. Um, this, we're kind of going back to the NFL thing, but Some popcorn for this. I don't know. I, I'm still undecided. I don't know what I want to do as far as the NFL season um, this season. I don't know if I want to watch the NFL this year um, because I'm so disgusted with NFL's response and Kaepernick not having a job and players not being supported on these protests, although there have been some players that have come out and spoken to Browns. Um, I've been very encouraged to be full disclosure, the, the white players who have come out and spoken recently, recently Aaron Rodgers, I salute you, mm -hmm. uh, brother, for saying the truth 
um, about why Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job. And I think it's important when there are white players who have a platform to speak on that and say, hey, inequality is not right. Uh, Chris Long also speaking out on, on this. I think those things are right. But I'm still bothered by the NFL. I'm also starting to lose a lot of interest in the sport um, yeah. completely. And one of the – before – I got to the training camp part. I decided I wasn't going to watch Monday Night Football anymore. And the reason I'm not watching Monday Night Football anymore is because uh, ESPN, the broadcasters of Monday Night Football, decided to bring back Hank Williams, the guy who is the iconic Monday Night Football oh, song. Okay. Hank Williams, uh, about six years ago, had some comments in which he compared then-President Obama to Hitler. Yeah. Uh, pretty ridiculous comments. Right. Um, not anything I think anyone would agree with, and there was no rationale behind it. ESPN then fired him. But now, in a, now where we have uh, number 45 sitting in the White House, and we've seen a lot of what he's about, yeah. and it has not been about diversity, it's not been about inclusion, Yeah. now ESPN has brought Hank Williams back to do the Monday Night intro. Bad and, timing. Uh, extremely <laughs> bad timing. And, what, and so what's interesting to me is the NFL, that's the NFL once again, who's in bed with ESPN to have this TV network deal. They don't care about racial sensitivity. They don't care about that at all. And to have a man who made those comments so quickly is once that Obama is out of office, now you bring him back? Mm -hmm. I can't support that. So one thing, what I will go on the record is saying, I will not watch a Monday night football game. I don't care. Some people might say, well, Dexter, you know the Jets are going to suck this year, and they're probably going to go own 16, so you're not going to watch. Man, I didn't care if the Jets want to have a chance to win the division title from the Patriots, which we all know wouldn't happen. But if they did, I still wouldn't watch. And so that's my reason for not watching Monday Night Football. I think Hank Williams' comments were uh, extremely insensitive. I don't care what your politics are. Yeah. There's no need to sit there and take a shot at the president who was the first black president and then compare him to Hitler. Yeah. Like that, that, come on, bro. that tells me a lot. Um, with me, I'm just simply just losing. I'm kind of losing interest in the sport. Granted, I did just recently do a feature on a football player from UConn uh, who was very great in the interview. Uh, you guys should check that out on the Queen's Ledger. Um, Foley Falaronzo is his name. But the reason why I bring that up is because in, in doing that, we didn't talk about this ad nauseum, but... I just had a thing where I'm just like, I don't really know what to do with football right now. Because I'm at a point where I could, I bought Madden no problem. I feel like that's a video game, so I don't feel like, you know, I don't feel like it's the same as far as watching real life people, even though it's based on the same thing as watching people just kind of careen into each other. And with me, it's like the whole CTE thing, mm -hmm. people getting head trauma, making, it kind of makes me uncomfortable a little bit. You know what I mean? So I'm... I'm definitely I'm going to cover football in some capacity this year, not the NFL, but I'm going to be there and I'm going to be, you know, kind of like, man, like oh, almost guilty in a way. I'm not sure. I'm kind of I'm still I've been thinking about this for a while and I'm not really sure what to do in terms of that, in terms of watching football, because I don't have the same excitement that I used to. I just seriously really don't like I don't football. either, man. I don't like football as much as I used to and that. I don't feel like that has anything to do with, you know, the whole Jets thing anyway, because even while that was going on, even after that in 2014-15, I was still watching football and I was fine with it. And that's when we mm -hmm. really started learning about more about CT and yeah. the research really started coming out. And all the data was, you know, in favor of like, hey, 90 percent of football players get you know, CTE later on. And I'm someone who covers and watches boxing and think boxers should have a union so they can, you know, have some sort of standing against that, you know, because who gets hit in the head more than boxers? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I really respect boxers probably as much as any other athletes on the planet. But I'm just really torn about football, um, kind of torn about boxing too to some degree. It depends, but I just... Yeah, I don't know where I'm with football, and I, I think a lot of it has to do with stuff that's going on off the field, as you said, whether CTE or, or yeah. this. And, you know, uh, uh, and as we wrap things up, I think a lot of times people want to talk about you can separate uh, politics and sports. Look, uh, a message is clear. You, you, you can't. Not we're, now. We're, we're, not, we're not trying to do that here on this podcast. We're not trying to encourage anybody else to do that. 
Look, everything is connected. Everything works together. You can't take the politics out of sport. Just like you can't take the business out of sports. You can't conveniently take things out of sports when you want to. And yeah. and it, it's, that's just not how things work. People want them to work like that way because they want to ignore certain issues. Yeah. And it makes them but feel comfortable. It's, sorry, issues that we have, the isms that we have, racism, sexism, they don't go away because of sports. Especially now with um, Homeboy as president, his presidency has really transcended politics and has become pop culture. That's why it's every day he's being covered like he's a movie star or whatever. And every day, there's reason to do it because people are legitimately freaking out and scared. I mean, look at what he's doing. Not to get into too not, not high. Like, like the NFL, brand, I have to sometimes take a step away from that, and I think that's why it's draining. Uh, I feel very strongly about yeah. taking a step away from the league. Now, it's tough because we do a podcast, we cover sports, and you want to stay informed. But at the same time, I don't know if I'm necess- – I don't feel right about supporting uh, an institution yeah. that has shown uh, – to not care about a certain group of people or not even give somebody opportunity who definitely deserves it. Look, yeah. you talked about the starting quarterbacks uh, that there are in the league that are not better than Colin Kaepernick, and I agree with you. Unless we can even go to backups. There are backups who had a job. Ryan Fitzpatrick stunk for the Jets last year, yeah. and he has a job. Yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think that's all to say. Ain't hard to tell who's better there. That's it for this week's episode of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Thank you for joining us for episode one. We'll be back with episode two next week. Brian and myself will uh, be here to talk more about stuff in the world of everything. And you never know who's going to join us if we do have somebody here. That was creepy, but what I will tell the audience (laughs) is definitely not Freddie Gibbs next week. (laughs) But I know Brian wants him. So, yeah, join us. We we have some more guests. We plan to talk about some different stuff. Next week, we hope to touch on some things in TV. So uh, we told you where you guys can follow us. You can uh, listen to us on BackpackBroadcast.com or on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Uh, Follow us on Instagram and on Twitter. And we'll see you guys next time on Ain't Hard to Tell. (music) Thank <music> you.